0: fun one for you today hopped on with bryce of locked on rangers we talked the number four overall pick we talked evan carter we talked what's wrong with jack lighter enjoy you are locked on mlb prospects part of the locked on podcast network your team every day
1: You are locked on to the Texas Rangers and locked on MLB prospects. I'm Bryce Patrick, host of the Locked On Rangers podcast. Joining me today is Lindsey Crosby, host of Locked On MLB prospects. Oh my goodness, I can talk so good. Um, Before we get into that,
0: Alabama education.
1: It's that Alabama education. I tell you what, before we get into today's show, it is is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On MLB for $20 off. Your first purchase last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed on today's show. Like I said, we are breaking down what the Rangers can do with the number four pick in the draft. We're talking about Evan Carter, a top 10 consensus overall prospect in baseball and a little bit about these young farmhands that are no longer farmhands and actually contributing players at the big league level. Lindsay, how are you doing today?
0: Uh, I am good. I do want to point out that uh, as an Auburn grad. I don't sound like that. So <laughs> just yeah, I have to have to fire the shots at the Alabama guy whenever Sorry. I can. You know, yeah, it's back yeah. there. It's back there.
1: Yeah. I'm wearing wearing a Vandy Boy shirt, so you know, I'm I'm all kinds of confusing and my Texas tech bias showing out in my Alabama um time and my my occasional Alabama accent and my Vandy Boy shirt. I'm just no one knows where I'm from. Honestly, I'm just <laughs> I'm just a absolutely confusing figure. <laughs> but i do want to get into the draft i've talked a little bit about the mlb draft so far not very much most of my draft coverage on my show has been hey that paul Skeens guy is is pretty good um and not wrong not wrong not not necessarily insightful but not wrong um for sure the rangers had the i believe seventh worst record in all of baseball last year and benefited from the first ever mlb draft lottery they jumped all the way up to the number four pick after last year, having a 94 loss season, despite having an expected record according to their Pythagorean record of 77 and 85. So bad record in actual games, good record in the draft lottery. And it seems like this is a, if they, if they could jump up in a uh, draft class, they don't think they're going to be in the lottery this year, unless something goes just horrendously wrong, um, which I, I don't anticipate happening even then would take a lot, but, but it seems like this is a pretty good draft class to, to jump up into the top four.
0: Yeah. So coming off of 2020, where you lost that year, you had so many guys that went to college instead. And so the 23 class was seen as a pretty good class. Uh, the, the 20, you know, the 24 class is going to be a good class as well, but it's seen as rather deep and the Rangers were in a weird place because yes, you have a pick in the top four, but you also don't have a second or third rounder. And so the, the slot value for number four overall is like $7.7 million. But your entire bonus pool is just under 10. It's a really weird, it's like the 16th largest bonus pool yet. You have a top four pick. So that number one pick is rather important because one, you lose the money if they don't sign, but then two, you don't have a lot of extra funds to go out and buy guys out of college commitments. So you got to kind of nail that, that number four overall pick.
1: Yeah, it seems like there's a lot of good guys in the top five. Am I wrong in saying that there's basically like a top five and then that's kind of where the next tier drops off? Or is it just like the LSU guys and then kind of others after that?
0: Yeah, we always break the draft into those tiers. And the consensus is, yes, it's a top five. You have the two LSU guys, Dylan Cruz and Paul Skeens. They're really kind of at a tier of their own, but behind that you have Wyatt Langford of Florida, and then you have the two prep outfielders, Walker Jenkins and Max Clark, and being at four, the good news is you're going to get one of those guys in that top tier of five guys. The hard part is at four, there's a clear delineation between there's three college guys and two prepsters. And so if someone ahead of you, like if they all go college. If you want to stay in that first tier, you're taking one of the prep guys and you always have the risk of they sometimes want an overslot deal because they have the leverage of being able to go to college. So it's it's a good place to be because you're getting them. You're not, it's not like you're picking number six and you're just out of getting any of the good guys, but you're still paying the money. The A's, who obviously were horrible, they're still at a six point six million dollar slot, and they're not gonna get one of the tier one guys in the draft unless somebody, something unexpected happens.
1: Yeah. So speaking of unexpected things happening, I mean, the Pirates are one of the teams that are ahead of the Rangers, and you know, watching watching Skeens early on, there were some mock drafts where, like, before the College World Series, where he was falling to the Rangers and and Texas could pick him. I mean, has it? have those few games really changed his draft stock that much that there's like absolutely no way that that Skeens falls down? Because I mean, there's no such thing as a pitching prospect. We all know this, but like, I don't know. He's really darn good.
0: Yeah, he's so I got a chance to see him live this year when he came to Auburn with LSU. And he's probably the most impressive college pitching prospect I've seen since maybe Steven Strasburg. Like it's incredibly impressive. Uh, I think when you get this high in the draft and it's number one versus two versus three versus four, it all really comes down to money instead of of talent and how good are they? And so if he falls to four. It's because the money worked out in different ways. Like, for instance, my, my belief as to what's going to happen is the Pirates are probably going to get him a little bit under slot. It's a $9.7 million value for the number one overall pick. And the Nationals at two, it's like $8.9 million. And the rumor is that Dylan Cruz wants to go to the Nationals because his agent, Scott Boris, has a good relationship with the Nationals. And he can get probably about $9 million from the Nationals. Uh, I'm sorry. About 10 million from the Nationals, whereas the Pirates don't want to go over slot. So I think the Pirates are going to take Skeens. But if he falls, I could see the Tigers doing something a little bit weird and going somewhere else, and him making it to four. I think if he's there, if he gets to four, it is an absolute no-brainer. You should turn the card in as soon as the Tigers' time is up, whether or not they've picked, and take him because having seen him in person, I legitimately think Paul Skeens could could get by, could survive in a major league bullpen right now. Like, I, I think that's how good he is. And so, I mean, he could theoretically be pitching innings in Arlington in August in your bullpen. I, it, that's how good he is. And he could be continuing for a rotation spot as soon as next next season.
1: Next season? or Like, out of camp or just, like, at some point in the midseason? <sighs>
0: At some point in the midseason, the big unknown, and this is going to come up later if we talk about Jack Leiter, the big unknown is how guys transition from the throwing once a week schedule in college to throwing every five days in the bigs. And some of, some of the usage that we've seen, we've seen him do some starts on major league rest or on short rest and like a relief outing. I think he's going to make the transition okay from what I've seen. He's held the velocity pretty deep into outings. Uh, a lot of the control and things like that haven't wavered like you typically see when a guy gets fatigued. So it's probably going to end up being middle of 24 simply because you want to get him on that routine as far as throwing every five days versus throwing once a week. But stuff wise, I think he could, he would be good enough to contend for a job in a rotation out of spring training. I just think you'll probably give him a little more time to adjust. Although we've said the same thing about other guys in the past and you see what happens. So. all a big unknown at this point
1: yeah pitching prospects are always curious especially one of the rangers top pitching prospects jack Lai. we're gonna get into him and and some some interesting prospects that are going in double a frisco for the rangers but first this episode is brought to you by game time Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for all the fun you'll have. You know, forget all the planning months in advance. Game time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football. Basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time Guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the section, same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% the difference. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Just two taps and you're all set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you'll never have to dig through your email. Download the Game Time app, create an account. And use code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code LOCKEDONMLB for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Now we've talked a little bit about the draft, and, and one guy who the Rangers absolutely nailed in terms of their draft pick in that 2020 draft is Evan Carter. And I remember... Uh, my occasional, my, my most recent, most most often guest, Grant Schiller, who is a prospect writer for Baseball Perspectives, he and I, at the day of the draft, seeing the Rangers' reaction to their picking Evan Carter, they're like, we got one over on everybody, we fleeced everyone, we outscouted everyone, we are so smart, we are so great, we're like, you morons, you've been so bad at the draft for so freaking long, how dare you pat yourselves on the back like this, and... You know what? They should have gloated harder because this guy has been absolutely <laughs> incredible this season. He had a month where he was dealing with an injury that was not he wasn't injured. He was playing hurt. He took a ball off the um the wrist, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. And he just did not hit for any power in the month of May. Spent some time on the um what was the not the, the the not the injured list, but the development list is that what it
0: was development list yeah
1: yeah and then was eventually moved to the injured list and then played two games in the or three games in the acl and came back like absolutely nothing's changed what have you seen from evan carter that is in this breakout season for him
0: so i do think that Derek tucker and ryan co the Argus scouts who who were the ones that saw him in 2020 like they should always have jobs in texas because they <laughs> yep. they they nailed that they're the ones like he didn't have a lot of summer showcase stuff. And then obviously you lost 2020. So he just was a little bit of an unknown and they went out and found him. But I think that, believe it or not, I think we've maybe been sleeping a little bit on Evan Carter. And it's because while trying to play through the injury, the full season numbers aren't as impressive as what he's done recently. Like, so full season in Double A, it's 293, 414, 442 is the slash line. Six home runs. But when you look at what he's done in the five games since he's been back, uh, he's like 8-18, eight two home runs, a double and a triple, three walks to two strikeouts. So he's playing much better now that he's back. And I think at the end of the day, he's shown that maybe he has a little bit more power than we thought. He was originally, or I guess a lot of the scouting reports amongst the prospect apparatus, so people like me, well, it, it was kind of seen as average power, maybe above average, and I think it's definitely at least above average power. What I've been impressed with uh, is he's swinging less often than the average hitter in the Texas league. So he, he's, he's, have you he's heard, showing
1: his, have you heard his nickname? No FCC full count Carter.
0: Nice. Nice. I like that. That is, that is really good. That is really good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, like uh, he's swinging less. It's like 39%. And the average is like 45. But he's making more contact than the average player in the Texas League. And it's because the quality of the hit tool always been there. It was something where we were waiting for him to kind of add the muscle and, and turn some of the hard hit balls. I mean, he already, was, he already had the, the launch angle. He had the exit velocity. It was just you had to get the power behind it. And I think that him playing through the wrist injury has meant that we haven't seen the power like it actually is there, but it's legitimately there. And I think you're probably looking at a 60-hit tool, 55 power, or possibly a plus power tool. And if that's the case, you're looking at a guy who's probably going to be an all-star at the Major League level when he gets there. Uh, The question is just because he's missed so much time in so many different years, whether it's the back injury, the wrist, whatever, how long does it take for him to get to triple a and then get to the bigs. That's the real question here.
1: Well, my, my answer to that is I don't think it takes him very long to get to triple a. And, and the fun thing about this Rangers team doing so well right now is that like every position, if you go back and go, if you go and look at the, the Rangers roster, the everyday guys, almost every position is pretty much locked down for the next, like several years. I mean, you got like catcher, first base, second, shortstop, third, left field, right field, center field, even DH is the only one where there's really like a question. Like Garver's going to be <laughs> a free agent after this year, but like there was a lot of talk in in uh, April and yeah, mm-hmm. mainly April when Evan Carter was killing it. And a little bit in early May, it we was like, okay, okay, do they need to call Evan Carter up to go play center field every day? Because it's Leody Taveras guy. He's you know he had a oblique injury start the season and he just like wasn't doing very well. And then in the month of May, Evan Carter you know, was playing through that injury and, and didn't do very well. And Leody Tavares hit like 350 or something for a freaking month. And it's like, oh, OK, Maybe <laughs> no, you don't need to rush this kid. to The big leagues. We've but got like, time. We've got time. But like he is still so young. He is 20 years old. He doesn't turn 21 until August. And he has already played 52 games, excluding the championship series experience that he had um, in double A. He came up when he was like, just about to turn uh, 20. Last year and in fifty two games in double A, he's got two hundred and forty eight plate appearances and eight ninety-eight OPS, hitting over three hundred on base of four twenty-seven and slugging four seventy. Like
0: the guy is insane. At age nineteen and twenty. Like it's not yeah, like, he, he can't even buy a beer yet. And he's doing like, it, yeah, it's so it's a weird conundrum, right? Because he's he's doing so well at so young and a limited sample. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, he's had 52 games in the high minors. Like, that's it. And so you see organizations approaches differently. A lot of organizations like their guys to hang out at A because that is where the most development happens. A lot of organizations like their guys to get to A to get the taste of the big leagues. And so that's the big question here is what's going to happen. But the good news is, like you said, you don't have to rush. The, the Texas Rangers are... The American League version of the Atlanta Braves, as far as oh, imposed... that's the biggest
1: compliment <laughs> that you could give. Oh my goodness! Wow.
0: As far as like imposing offense, uh, you know, plenty of power, and you've got so many guys locked up. Where it's not, there's no sort of emergency scenario. There's no sort of of urgency that you have to have him up because you've got guys producing at the major league level. Uh, it, it's just. If an injury happens, you may see him, but I think the best thing to do is just let Evan Carter cook. You know, I mean, just let him polish all the edges, get the confidence and get the experience and theoretically, or, or hopefully, I guess, be set up for a rookie of the year campaign versus just calling him up whenever. Uh, you know, Take advantage of the fact you can get an extra draft pick, especially because the last couple drafts, you've lost a couple draft picks for signing free agents. So let's restock the far a little it. bit. Yeah, I mean it's worth, <laughs> worth it. Totally worth it. But
1: I think I think Corey Seeker's worth that second round pick with his a <laughs> thousand and forty OPS or
0: whatever. No, yeah. I mean it's it's worked out so far, but like down the road that ends up being an issue. And it, back to the Atlanta comparisons. You can see the difference in Atlanta got punished with the international sanctions, and you can see the quality of the farm system drop off because they had less high-level prospects coming in, and then they made trades, and then all of a sudden it's like a 28th farm system in baseball. So, you know, if it's me, I'm holding off on Evan Carter until I can get him a rookie of the year race, because I think he'd have a pretty good shot at winning it if he is what we think he is, and he is what I think he is. It's just, let's figure that out.
1: Yeah, the Rangers might end up having back-to-back AL Rookie of the Years. We'll, we'll talk about Josh Young in just a minute, but uh, on that Braves comparison, the one thing that I wish was a more accurate comparison is how well the Braves developed starting pitching, and and so far this Texas Rangers team, just, they they really haven't done that. And, I mean, there's not a whole lot of teams that do, and it's really hard to develop starting pitching. But but one guy in particular, Jack Leiter, he is on the uh, development list. Can you can you tell my listeners what exactly the development list is? Because I you have a much better understanding of it than I do.
0: Yeah, okay. So the development list, uh, think of it as an option to take a player out of competition without them actually being hurt. And there's a couple different reasons you can use it. The first one is just time off. And I think this is kind of what it is Uh, with Jack Leiter is if you need to manage their innings, the idea is you can put them on the development list for two weeks or however long it may be. You usually kind of say what it's going to be when you put them on there, but that allows their affiliate to replace them on the roster. But obviously they're still in your organization. They can still be with that team and, and work out. You can take them to the complex if you want to, whatever it might be. Sometimes you'll specifically put a pitcher on there so that they can do work as far as changing a pitch or a grip. If they have to fix something, you do that. Or if it's an issue with their delivery, if you notice something that's wrong, you can pull, put them on the development list, take them back to the complex and fix them. But this is just uh, so that he can you can manage some of the innings. Because if you look at what he's done, I mean, he's already thrown 60 innings in the end of June. And last year, for the entire season, he only had 92. So, uh, the, the midpoint of the minor league season is, I believe, today or Friday, one of those two. And so he's on track for, a, you know, for 120 innings, say, you know, it's a significant jump up from 90 last year. So you put him on the list for two weeks. You can let him keep working out. You can maybe tinker with some stuff, but you really just give him a chance to take a break so that you don't have to shut him down early at the end of the year. Because you saw it with Evan Carter. The ability to jump up to the next level for the final week of the season and then maybe the playoffs is a very useful experience for a lot of these players. That's the new version of the the September call-up is a team will do like Evan Carter did, send him up for the final week because the ends of the seasons are all staggered by a week, and then let him stick around for the playoffs if he's handling that promotion okay. I think Leiter is a person who could use a taste of AAA for a week like that, maybe one start to so he can get an idea of how his stuff plays. Uh but development list now, manage the inning so you're good for that later.
1: Yeah, I think that's definitely important for him. And yeah, he just needed some time off. Honestly, it's been it's been a little bit of a, a rough year outside of that really nice month of May. But we're gonna get into happier things about speaking of the Rangers rookie of the year race and some other young Rangers that are really breaking out in the big leagues and how much for real is this breakout for all these guys? But first, this word from our sponsors. Now the Rangers are full of some young guys who are absolutely crushing it this year. Well, really a a team full of guys who are absolutely crushing it, but there's three youngins in specific in particular, including one actual young man, Joshua Young, Um, my boy, 25 years old, finally getting to be healthy, finally getting his chance. Probably could have been an everyday big leaguer a couple years ago, but a a couple injuries really set him back. And and now we are seeing the greatness of Josh Young. Are you surprised by what he's done so far this year? Because I can't say that I am particularly outside of his defense at third base.
0: I was going to say the big thing that I kind of have to give him his flowers is the defense. I was one of the people who was a little bit down I guess on his defense I figured he'd be below average and I didn't think it was great I thought it was fine it just wasn't great and he's looked really good at that I do think him getting a little bit of time last year and not having an amazing slash line 204 batting average 235 um, on base I think that kind of turned some people off to what he would do this year and it obviously shouldn't have I mean he's I mean his his he's what 15 home runs He's playing fantastic, and he is the leader right now on FanDuel for Rookie of the Year for the American League. And I think he deservedly deservedly shows. So he's been really good, and I've been impressed with how he's handled pitching in particular. Just the ability, we always knew that he had some holes in the swing, he had a little bit of, of chase stuff because he was so aggressive, and he's not really having the swing and miss in the zone that we thought he was going to have, that we saw him have in the minors. Uh, and then like, so that's been nice. And he's walking more than maybe I thought he would, which I don't know if that's more about me or him. I, I mean, think it says got, more about you. Yeah. I mean, he's got, he's got 20, 20 something walks, but it's just something where he's so incredibly aggressive. And we know how big league pitchers can take advantage of that by throwing you, pitching you backwards, throwing you off speeds and breaking stuff early in the count that, he's walked more than I thought he would. And so very happy with what he's doing. If all all it took was his brother getting drafted, then like you'd have just told the kid to declare after high school. If that's all it (laughs) took. Yeah,
1: well, honestly, you say he's walking more than you expected. He's walking less than I expected because when I watched him at Texas Tech, he was a very patient, very polished hitter. Um, you know, he was aggressive, but he, he he was a little bit more patient. He had more walks than strikeouts in both of his final two years at Texas Tech: thirty-nine walks to just thirty-two strikeouts in his sophomore year, and then fifty-three walks to forty-three strikeouts, and on base of four ninety-one his sophomore year, and an on base of four seventy-four his soft- or his junior year, also as a. As a freshman, a 395 on base, just kind of bonkers and you know, 1100 ish OPS his last two years in college. So, I, I've watched this guy for a long time. I've been a big believer in him and his work ethic, and like the fact that, like, I, I'm not doubting this guy, I'm not putting any limits on this guy because he has such a high work ethic. I, I give him a comparison, not in terms of the player that he is, but just in terms of the like outworking expectations consistently to uh, Paul Goldschmidt, a guy who was drafted out of Texas State, who was just like had basically no expectations on him and just like every single facet of his game kept getting better and better and better and better. And everyone's like, okay, I guess this guy's really good. I'm not saying that he's going to, you know, win an MVP like Paul Goldschmidt, but like, I'm not p- placing limits on this guy by any means. And I'm really impressed with what he's done so far. Um And another guy who I, I talked a lot about, we're recording this on what? what is today? I don't even know what today is. Wednesday. 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 Yeah. Wednesday. So, the day after Ezekiel Duran just had a 12-pitch at-bat that ended in a go-ahead home run, his 10th of the season. And I was a big Ezekiel Duran guy, but but he's got a 900 OPS so far in 220 plate appearances. How much are you a believer in Ezekiel Duran doing things like this? The I mean, the
0: big the, the big thing for me is looking at last year to this year is he's got a lot better with making contact against breaking balls. That was kind of his issue. And when you saw him come up last year, he played... Yeah, he has about a, like a similar sample. It was around 60 games last year and it's been around Actually, 60 this as of,
1: year. as of right now, there are exactly 220 plate appearances last year and this year. As as of this okay. recording because I just I just talked about this like an hour ago or 2 hours ago whenever I recorded today's show.
0: Yeah, yeah. and and so like looking at how everything's changed, you could almost directly trace that back to he got better at handling breaking pitches, not only making contact in the zone but also the recognition, laying off the the slider down the way. And things like that we knew the power was there it was always a your power tool is only as good as your hit tool kind of situation and the hit tool improved more than i thought it would i've also liked the versatility that he's shown playing a lot of different positions obviously mm-hmm. is valuable when you have just about the entire infield locked up for a decade <laughs> and so yeah I mean, he's, he's found a way to force himself on the field and like it's something where i mean he's, he's played himself into a, a fantasy relevant utility guy, whereas that's not necessarily, we didn't know if he'd get there or not uh, this time last year. So again, Flowers to Ezekiel Duran, great job on that trade. Uh, I know you had to lose your large adult son, Joey Gallo, to do it, but it's worked out so far.
1: Mm -hmm. I I still haven't admitted, uh, I mean, an unbiased person would say that the Rangers won that trade. Uh, I don't know that I can say that and forgive myself for it, Um, but an objective person might probably say that. I won't, but someone would. Um but the other guy who has done well, I mean Ezekiel Duran playing shortstop was actually playing it well with the big league level was was a huge plus for me. Mm-hmm. Um he's still figuring out left field, but the other the other young outfielder is Leo taveras a guy who had a lot of promise for years and years and years and I think prospect fatigue kind of weird people out on him. And he's still just 24 years old. And right now he's got an 814 OPS and leading the team in terms of qualified players in batting average at 294. Like what have you seen from Leo Tavares to have this breakout season?
0: So it's, it's been making enough contact for the, the, the power to play up. It's he's, he was never considered to have great power, right? Like he was seen as he's more of a contact guy than a power guy, incredibly fast. So the assumption is he's going to be one of those, you know, slap a ball on the ground, beat, out the, beat it out. But he does, he's really good, and he's gotten better at hitting strikes hard. So kind of, I'm not going to say saving his bullets, but we're getting to that next level of pitch recognition where you're not looking at ball versus strike, you're looking at strike versus drivable pitch. And so uh, I still think the overall power ceiling, like just the raw power in him isn't, anything special, but he gets it into games because he's done such a really good job. And we knew he was disciplined already, but just a really good job at understanding how a pitcher is going to attack and spotting. This is a pitch that I can do damage on and then putting it where he needs to put it. So that's been impressive. Obviously, you love the defense. The arm has been as good as we thought it was. The speed is fantastic, but it's really Mm -hmm. just been the ability to recognize that second level of pitch recognition has been what's taken him to the next level.
1: Yeah, and I I think that's definitely where he's he's taking that step. I will push back on. I do think the raw power is there, and like it's playing up more in games than I thought. I mean, his max exit VLO is in the top twenty percent of baseball right now at uh, one hundred and twelve point two. Was his hardest hit ball this year? Last year he had one at one hundred and twelve point nine. Like whenever he gets a hold of one, and he really gets a hold of one, like he can put a freaking charge into it. it doesn't happen yeah. all that often, but you think you see that and you think, oh man, with like the defensive floor. And like the approach that, you know, shows in flashes like, man, the ceiling on this guy is there's a reason why he was the number one prospect for the Rangers a couple of years in a row.
0: Yeah. I mean, he, it was something where super toolsy. The question was how good could he get it into games? And the assumption was the worst tool was the offensive tools versus the defensive stuff. And so now that he's working out, he's the, he's the reason why you can t- take it slow on Evan Carter. You have plenty mm-hmm. of time to figure out what am I going to do with Evan Carter? How is this going to work? Because Leo de Tavares is so good at the major league level, and it's something where you can see them coexisting in an outfield because you're getting enough power production out of both of them more than people thought when they were prospects, and obviously Carter still is, that you can make it work with them. Obviously, you'll have a DH spot you can move a guy to if you had to. It's a It's a great place to be, and not somewhere that we necessarily thought we would be at this point in time last year or the beginning of last season, but be excited Rangers fans like you got you got talent in the farm you've got talented young kids at the major league level and all these guys are here for the most part long term so go buy a jersey you have that insurance there that that comfort
1: yeah a long term outfield of Leo Tavares in center Evan Carter in right field and Ezekiel Duran in left field and also wherever Adolis Garcia happens to be cuz they've got like 3 more years of control of him as well And his 19 home runs that he's already got. Maybe he's got twenty by the time this actually comes out, because he is on a freaking tear as of late. But yeah, this is this is just such a fun turnaround from like all these young players hitting at the exact same time and like all the you know big leaguers hitting at the exact same time. Like this is a great come up for the Rangers, you know, for the for the near term and for the long term. And gosh, I am just soaking it the heck in because I don't know how long it'll last, but for right now. Everything's good, and I'm going to enjoy that for as long as it lasts. Lindsay, where can the fine folks listening to Lockdown Rangers find you and all your work?
0: I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. The show is locked in movie prospects. Wherever you get your podcasts, and on YouTube, uh, come come check us out.
1: Yeah, Lindsay is the best in the business, the best prospect podcast out there, and he often, I mean, occasionally says nice things about Texas Rangers pod, <laughs> prospects. But that's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time. Don't forget to enjoy
0: baseball.